to me, be a good mother is always pass them the good values, always be there for them, listen to them, and even when you don't listen, go back to them and ask for forgiveness if you miss something. And don't apologize for what you believe that you think is going to do great to them. You know, like with Paula, I'm not apologizing the same her away because it was good for her. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy. But the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make. But you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove-Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Welcome to the Powerful Parenting Journey, guys. Today, we have the privilege of diving deep into the life of a true powerhouse. Her name is Ingrid Macker, and she is from the vibrant streets of Batoga and now actually lives in Florida. And she seriously has taken on a journey that is nothing short of incredible. She's got triumphs and trials and tenacity that just define her story. She has over 19 million followers under her wing, but Ingrid isn't just the reigning queen of Hispanic fitness and nutrition. She's an emblem of resilience and reinvention. Her story is a testament that adversity can be turned into advantage and hardship can be turned into hope. She's graced platforms like Telemundo, CNN, and Huffington Post, and her voice has been an inspiring echo across the U.S. and Latin America. From her valiant battle with against cancer to her relentless dedication towards holistic health, she's literally not just only transformed her own life, but countless others. I had the honor of meeting Ingrid through Russell Brunson's coaching programs and and I have always been in awe of her strength, her determination, the way she balances motherhood and her literal empire, you guys. The amount of things that she has built just blows me away. Her decision to homeschool her daughter is yet another layer of the rich mosaic of the choices that she's made in life and how she challenges the status quo and creates a path of her own way. Today's episode isn't just about fitness or nutrition, even though she is the queen over all of that. It's about courage, resilience, and the power of transformation. It's also about a woman who faced the odds, rewrote her narrative, and continues to write her own narrative in her parenting. And that's what I love about Ingrid. She writes her own narrative in parenting. And I hope that after listening to this episode, you feel empowered to do the same. So friends, let's go ahead and dive in. All right, guys. Oh my gosh. I'm here with Ingrid Macker today. And listen, I am so excited for us to have this conversation because I've known Ingrid now for many years and we met inside of Russell Brunson's coaching programs. And I have gotten to just watch this force of a woman, you know, coming into these marketing events and things like that. But Paired with her typically was her daughter, you know, who at the time was maybe nine, 10 years old, and she'd come to these events. And her daughter was just so well spoken and confident. And man, I just, I just admired so much about Ingrid. And then recently, her and I were having a conversation at, at an event, and she was talking about her decision to homeschool and that her beautiful daughter, who's 16 years old, has just started college. And I was like, whoa. That's incredible. She's following her dream and her passion. And so I invite Ingrid to come on and just talk to us about this crazy parenting journey that she has been on and and things that she's learned that she's that has worked well and and things she'd wish, you know, to change different. But either way, I just Ingrid, thank you so much for being here on this podcast with us and and taking the time away. We I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited not to only talking about my parenting with my daughters because I have like two different journeys and I think it's important that as, par as parents we understand that all our kids are not the same but that we have the opportunity whatever we make mistakes with one fix it and the other one to have a better life and family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we dive into that, though, I know that there's been a lot of things that you have gone through. You know, your main story started whenever you lost 50 pounds in, was it 30 days? 
90 days. 90 days, 90 days, because 30 days would be crazy, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but 90 days still, that's still incredible. And so you you did that because of a health scare, right? Would you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I came to America when I was 19 and coming for a culture where we learned how to eat everything fried. You know, uh, I always say that we call it the culture of the fry because we put on our plate like fries, french fries, plantains, and as they bring you salad, we're like, hey, can we exchange that for like more fries? You know, <laughs> coming with that mentality to this country when I was 19, get married, get divorced, have a, a daughter uh, by that marriage, be a single mom, and you know, social early age, graduated for college, summa cum laude, never be able to work in my dream. I had a dream when I was little. I remember I always say, oh my God, I'm going to be an actress or a superstar or somebody really famous. And you know, having all these things is like, you think, ah, oh, that dream is dead. But I made the love of my life, my husband, Jeff, and, you know, I say, oh, my American drinks is coming with it. I'm going to have the house, you know, the money, the car, the golden retrievers. And, and it was everything. It was great. So when we got married, I gained uh, approximately more than 50 pounds. And, and I always say to people, when you get in love, you get fat. <laughs> you don't get worried about anything. <laughs> you just want to eat, drink traveling, enjoy your life. But, you know, reality comes when I got pregnant with my second daughter, Mia. When I was seven months pregnant, I started suffering for a, actually, this disease is a lot of kids have it. It, it happens in, in most, most people that they have is kids, which is asthma. And many people don't know the asthma comes for allergies to foods especially like lactose or, or some other foods. So I started suffering for asthma. And when I was seven months pregnant, this is a Christmas Eve. My husband went to see his family and I was in my house with my mom. She speaks zero English. We live in, in that time. We used to live in Las Vegas. And I started getting this asthma attack. And that night I felt like a Dios, God say, you're going to die. And I was asking him, you can't take my life now. Can you give me a chance to say goodbye to my husband, to my younger daughter, and, and to my older daughter? And, and I remember Jan, Jeff running because the next day, bring me to the emergency room, almost lose my life, got revived. And people say, oh, my God, she learned her lesson right there or no? I am a Latina. <laughs> I don't know if this is happening only in our culture, but, you know, uh, uh, Latinos, we always think, ah, oh, tomorrow, we can start tomorrow. And, and in that time of my life, we had a lot of money. My husband, he was a millionaire. I was a housewife. I was like, yeah, I have a doctor's. I got medicine. Tomorrow I start the diet. And that never happened. And in 2008, my husband lose everything. I feel that God makes us, since we are in the womb for our moms, our mothers, like he already know what is the purpose in your life. He already give you everything you need in life. And when you are in that purpose, he has to bring you back. And I think that's what happened to us. Uh, Jeffy was doing another business and I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't fulfilling my purpose in life. So what happened to us? He takes all the money away. So for having everything, overnight, we lose everything. He had a one phone call that say, all your merchant accounts are canceled. So we're like, uh, you know, I had to say something, Stephanie. I married Jeff. I was four years older than him. I was already divorced. I was like financially in crisis and he was younger, rich, single. You know, people say, hey, jack jackpot. But when, <laughs> this, when these obstacles come, this adversity comes, guess what? 
I was the one that were, I was the strong one. My husband never worked for anyone. So he was like passing out. He was like feeling like he was going to die. And I was like, put yourself together. We need to start over. We're going to do great. Come on, you can do it. But it's hard because you lose, we lose our house. We, we were just finished uh, build a $2 million home in Las Vegas. And, you know, we had so many material things that we had to give away, investments, everything. So start for zero. And, and, and I was really, really sick, still sick with the asthma. So I told him, let's move to Miami. So, but what do you do when you are in these situations in your life that you have so much crisis? You know, you start going to alcohol, bad friends, and, and you start getting lost into that. But I remember it was December 31st. And I, that night we party crazy. And the next day, one of my friends posts a picture of me in the internet. And when I looked at the picture, I was fat. I was drunk. It was ugly. It was so ugly that really broke me inside, break me inside. I was like, who is that person? That is not me. I remember that it was so heavy that I went into my knees. I cried. I screamed. And I told God, I surrendered. I give my life to Christ in that day. And I ask him, I say, God, if you give me the chance to live longer, because I was sick that morning, I felt like I was going to die. And, and just to see the, the faces of my husband and my daughter worry because they, they lose me, almost lose me. And they don't want me, they, they lose me again. They were freaking out. So I'm like, if you give me a chance to start a new mission in my life, I will do it. I didn't know it was going to be nutrition. But I, I remember the instruction, it was clear. You need to recover your health. So that's how my journey started. I, I went from that day, I went for 90 days. I took a book for Joel Austin called Your Best Life Now. I remember that was his, first, his best book. In that book, it was 90 days. And I remember that book helped me to go for those 90 days, to be strong, to find my own way to, you know, because remember in that time, it was just American people have all these courses and this, but I'm, I was this Colombian girl that, I never deal with weight loss issues, but in that time, those weight loss issues, it was not about the physical. It was about, it was taking my life away. I could have died. So, you know, I start, at the same time, I start changing my life. I, I got so passionate about nutrition. I opened a page in Facebook and I told my husband, okay, can you help me with these things? And, 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 and you know, I start like, telling people my journey and more and more people, more women resonate with my story, resonate with my pose. And I was like, oh my God, by the 90 days, I transformed my body. As you see pictures of me, I look like I was a bodybuilder all my life. I was like, wow. That's amazing. And I was like, it's crazy. So feeling gray and follow the instruction of the Lord because I feel like he started guiding us to the way to the road that we needed to go. I I remember we went to this conference uh ClickBank. I, I don't know if you heard about them. It's like a disaffiliate thing. They did a conference and we went to actually try to find somebody to help Jeff with copies because he was doing something else, you know, try to survive. And I sit down with this copyright and said, ah, look, I did this. And this. he's like, oh my God, that's a million dollar idea. You need to create a program. And that's how we create the program, you know, by having two kids going in a very stressful time because when you lose your money, you know, my oldest daughter, Paula, it, it's a different story. She comes for a marriage that it was broke 
you know, I break that marriage. She had a new stepdad. They, even as my husband adopting her as her own child, going into that age that she, it was 13. Oh, I, 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 you have a kids, you have daughters. They are super rebel. And, and she had it everything. And as a parent, when you have a lot of money, you spoil your kids. You're like, oh, we used to have her in the most expensive school in Las Vegas. All her little friends had it like private planes, uh, drivers, her parties that were in the suites and this incredible hotels. She was flying to the Golden Globes in California, you know, and then overnight you put her, come to Miami in a public school with people that she's like no familiar with, you know, different kids, different races. So she was like totally rebel. So it's the time that you start getting in your feet, you start something, but you have this girl, 13, don't understanding what's going on. You have a newborn. So it, it was a chaos in our house, and she was great. I, I, I mean, the, the women, the, the, the moms that heard this, they know. They know oh, yeah. what we're dealing with our kids are at that age, and when they come in for a dysfunctional family to a functional family, it's not that easy for them. And and now, now for me, it's great because I understand the dynamic. But in that in those times, I don't have it. And Stephanie, they have a podcast that I can go and and, and listen and get advice for other women that pass for the same. You know, the same things. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, so many parents feel so alone in the world. And, uh, you know, I know I know you're a believer. I'm a believer. You know, in the Bible, it talks about like Titus 2 women where, you know, we have these older women that are speaking into our lives and helping us with understanding and getting that wisdom that's generational wisdom and raising kids, you know, and, and, and knowing the shortcuts and the pathways and the do this, don't do that. And we, I don't know about you, but I didn't have that growing up. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that in my life. And so it's hard. It's really hard. And, yeah. and, and, and so you go through and it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know, you know, or, or, um, but if you don't have anybody with that Eagle Eye view, you know, you're just doing the very best you can. And sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And, uh, what, what's so great about it though. And, and Ingrid, I, I bet you can attest to this. It's like, even whenever we kind of make a mess of things, you know, for one, kids are really resilient. But for two, there always seems to have been a time or a way that that God was working, you know, like, oh man, that was a train wreck. But here we are on the other side of it, and here's what we learned, and we're better for it, you know. But we all want to avoid, you know, any pitfalls if we can. So one thing that you said about your story that I'm so interested in, there's so much in that story, which I think is just incredible. And but there's this co- talk, this talk I've had with a couple of parents, and everybody kind of falls on a spectrum. So I'm so curious, living what you've lived, what your thoughts are around spoiling our kids, right? Because <laughs> like for me, like if I went without for most of my childhood, which I did, you know, I kind of grew up. There was a part of time when we had money, but it was gone really quick. And, you know, I, I was always like, we didn't, like I had to like, I was the one doing the grocery shopping and like watching the bottom line. And it was hard, you know, and living in poverty. Uh, I, I would say there's definitely people who are way worse off than we were, but you know, we didn't have money. And so growing up and me having kids, I, I don't want them necessarily to experience that, but then I've learned enough to know that sometimes maybe on the other side of that is problems too, where it's like, oh yeah, kids want for nothing. They can have anything they want. They can experience anything they want and they lack for challenges and, and having to figure things out for themselves whenever it comes to finances and budgeting. And so I'm I'm curious kind of where you fall now with what you do with your kids and your thought processes around that. Well, as I mentioned before, when I got married with Jeff, he was a millionaire, and you know I'm coming for a middle class family. Uh, my dad left, uh, not le- not leave my mom, but uh, he he had a job in the USA. Uh, he worked for a Caribbean for a 
cruise company, okay. you know, for cruises. And he left when I was 13. And of course, compared to the rest of my neighborhood, we were like kind of like the lucky kids because my dad was making dollars and we were spending in pesos. But really, my parents never spoiled me and my sister. We are two girls. Never spoiled us with like a lot of stuff. Like, for example, we got in Christmas one bike for both of us. So we have to share the bike, right? Uh, or we have to, they, is the shoes where they were in the fashion. I remember in those times, it was the reboot, the white shoes. They were in the fashion. We don't get the original ones. Uh-huh. We get the yeah. copies. Yes, yes. So, so with my kids, I was like, I don't want my kids growing now missing that stuff. So with Paula, when I was a single mother, I remember I had three jobs. Yeah, wow. To pay for, you know, her school, that she has like the best clothing, that she eats the best food. And sometimes I went to bed without eating, but I want to make sure that she never had uh, that she always have food on the table because I don't want her to miss that or or passing for what we passed when I was little. And and when I got married with Jeff, Jeff is like spoiling, spoiling us, both of us. But that only left for two and a half years. And then we have to face, I, I wouldn't say poverty because Jeff is a very brilliant mine and he knows how to figure it out and I know how to figure it out things but we have to face that we can live in a mansion or we can have a servers or we can uh shopping and you know Louis Vuitton or any of that stuff and, and that was very conflicted with my 13 year old to the point this is the first time I'm, I'm talking about this to the point you know when when you are divorced, you have another side, you know, as your marriage and you have the other the other part. And the other part never assumed responsibility for her, her own child. So I have to like make it the hardest decision a mother can make. Yeah. And, and, and I have to send Pavla away with her dad. He was in the military in those times, in the army. He was in a base in Arizona, in the middle to nowhere. With the principal store, it was Walmart. Wow. <laughs> so since she was so rebel and I was going crazy, Steffi, I was going like, I was like, oh, she leave or oh, I'm going to go to a mental hospital. So I told her, and she's like, no, because my dad said, okay, you want to go with your dad? So I put her in the airplane to go live with her dad. So she went to live with her dad for two years. Obviously, I was always present in her life. I was bringing her in her vacation. I was always in her life, but I wanted to give her a lesson. And sometimes uh, many people, they listen to this, say, oh, but that's pretty you know, rude, or that's pretty bad, or, or why, or they might judge my decision, but you know what, it was the best decision ever, because it gives me an opportunity to start my relationship with my husband, with my new baby, you know, uh, to set boundaries in my home, and to teach my other daughter there is boundaries and then she has a mom that has been sacrificing that has been working three jobs doing and you have a dad too that he can take ownership to be a parent too so when she was ready to come back because he was like begging me begging me to come back the situation it was different because she has so much respect for me because she knows I'm not afraid to take decisions that is going to benefit her and it's, it's going to benefit me as a mother, right? And as a wife and as a, uh, a be at the center of this family. So when she came back to our home, it was different boundaries in my home already. It was no, let me spoil, spoiling you in Christmas and give you all this stuff. I teach her how she can earn the stuff. 
I believe as parents, we think, oh, it's okay that our kids go sleep in everybody's house. It's, it's okay that she goes and, par and, and parties and this and that. I was super strict to her. I mean, I never let her, she thought, she thought I was crazy, but I never heard, uh, let her go like out uh, after she had a curfew. She always had to be at home at 10.30. I don't care. And at Christmas, I limited the stuff that we're giving her, that we're giving me. And, and as soon as she graduated for high school, okay, you don't want to go to college, you need the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, all those things. I learned all those things for my parents. I don't have an easy life. And maybe as we talk about my life, it'd be another, <laughs> for another topic, because I like, it was crazy. But, you know, today we talk about kids and, 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 and I tried to, to take the best parts that I learned for my parents and apply it to my kids. Because one thing is I appreciate for my parents. They teach me how to be generous. They teach me how to be disciplined and they teach me how to work. Ooh, how did they teach you how to be disciplined and, and how to work? Well, my mom, it was like, okay, because uh, at schools, uh, the schools in Colombia are really far away. And believe it or not, as you, if you are seven years old, you already learn how to take care of the rest of the kids in the family. So we have to take a bus at 5 a.m. in the morning to go in that bus for an hour to get to our school. Wow. And sometimes they go take the bus. My sister and I, we have to walk like three miles to take the bus that it was going to take us to school. So we, in, in very early age, we learn how to get out at 4 a.m. in the morning, 4, 4.30. And my mom, after we turned like 7 or 8, she never get out to do breakfast for us. We have to do our breakfast. We have to clean our old uniform. I hate it because my blouses, they were white. And, and I remember uh, for my shoes, the thing, I, I don't know how to say that, but it, they were white. So we have to wash those things every single day because as, as school, it was very strict. Oh, yeah. You had to have it white. Yeah. I went to an old girls school. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, it, they were very strict with everything. So uh, I think all those things actually help us to be responsible. And I remember we have chores to do always. Take the trash out, do the dishes, cooking, ever cleaning the house and Saturday. I hate that part so much. Yes. Everybody has to do like the floors, the bar. Oh. <laughs> so let me ask you, whenever you were having to do all that stuff and you're processing that as a kid, like, did you ever complain to your parents? Like, why do we have to do this? Or how was that handled in, in your house whenever you were a kid? Well, <laughs> we can't complain about anything because my mom, it was very, very abuser. She used to hit us a lot in you know, so we were like freaking out. My mommy was a general. Remember, my dad went away for 23 years to try to make a better living for us. So we used to see him one time a year. So she was the boss. So we were like, in, in our times, that's normal. In our generation, that was normal. In this generation, you put a finger on top of your kid and you can go to jail. Hey, Powerful Parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar, and my kids decorated it. 
And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. So you were taught this discipline that has carried through into your adult life, right? Um, And it sounds like you were able to pull out that grit that you learned as a kid and to pull that into business and everything that you've done and accomplished, which is just incredible because guys, you know, she overcame what she was dealing with, with asthma. She lost those 50 pounds in 90 days. And, and then recently, you know, Ingrid has actually suffered from a a cancer scare and had to go through all of these things. And so like, in order to survive, and not only just survive, but to thrive. And for those of you who are not watching on video, if you look behind Ingrid right now, she is surrounded by awards, like the the 10X awards, two of them, and then the two comic club awards. She's got YouTube play buttons. You got a, a platinum one. Like she's got all the awards. This woman has grit and determination, and she's able to pull that into where we are. And so I think a really cool golden nugget that I, you know, I'm I'm still seeking kind of like, what is the balance in this with our kids? Because mine are 10, 15, uh, 17, and 21. And I've always had chores for my kids to do that were kind of non-negotiables, right? Like this is your part of this family. You don't get paid for these. This is your part in this family. You will be doing a chore. And that's a choice we've made as a family, but not everybody chooses that. And that's totally fine, right? Especially, you know, depending on circumstances, it can be very, very different, but this grit that you have pulled out and you're bringing in and you're, you're bringing that into your everyday life and into your business. And you've, you've brought that into your kids and you've adapted and you've learned as you've gone through all of these different seasons of, of life. And so now I'm, I'm curious. So did your kids ever have any chores? I mean, I know for a season there, you had people doing things and there was no need for them to lift a finger probably, but did you ever come back around and say, all right, you're going to do this thing right here? Or how, how did you work on getting discipline in their life? Maybe it looks different. I learned this long time ago. Your kids don't obey you. Your kids copy you. Ooh, so good. They copy everything you do in your life. Right? Um, and my kids, I, I was not always being these women that get out at 5 a.m. in the morning, go to the gym, uh, you know, be disciplined with my food, with my stuff. No. I was a disaster before God gave me this new purpose. But with, with this new purpose that God gave me, I understood that I needed to put my life in order for be successful. But sometimes we forgot to apply these things into our children. I like my girls to be able to uh, think uh, by themselves. I like then to be proactive. And one thing that I've been like, not that great is with the chores. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, especially whenever you can afford to have someone else take care of it. And it just makes life so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. Because I want them to use their time and doing things that are more valuable for them. But forgetting about that that's important because that's where discipline starts. So, you know, when Mia, because Paula left uh, very young, you know, she got married. She used to have a very successful life as a TikToker. And she has her own entrepreneur, entrepreneur business. You know, she works for brands and she got married two years ago, three years ago. So she's out of the house. So I got Mia. And Mia is the completely different story. Mia is the girl that copy everything that I do. She copies mommy, get out five in the morning, go to the gym. She goes with me. She copies mommy, be dedicated to a story, to get things done. She copied me, copy me and my husband, you know, because she has like both. And, but she doesn't copy me with like, oh, dishes. And, and I regret that because I think uh, with Paula, I was very strict. But with Mia, it's like, because she's, 
such a sweetheart. I mean, she's one of those girls that never asks for anything. And, and even her Christmas leaves, she is like always thinking about, oh, this is too expensive. Oh, oh, you know, I'm not going to order that because she has so much value for money. Oh, that's and okay. maybe because she sees us coming out, you know, like try to go up when we lost everything and we were down. And so she see how much effort uh, we put into. So I never take that, you know, I'm like, and, I, and now I feel like, oh my God, I should have teach her. And I start now, never, never this late. But, you know, I wonder, Ingrid, so like we're going to see, right? Um, Mia is now 16 years old and she has gone to college, which is just phenomenal. We've got to talk about that. But the only way that she would be able to get to do something like that is if she found discipline in her life in a different way. So you obviously taught her that and she copied that from you without having to do the chores. So so I guess the the big picture here is that it's not necessarily making your kid do, kids do chores that's going to equate to them understanding discipline, but it's, it's, it's also the modeling. And I'm sure there were other things. Like if she went into music, I'm sure she had to go to her classes and she had to practice that's discipline. Right. And she's a beautiful musician. I just watched a video of her singing a song that she wrote and I'm just so blown away by her. I think she's just, just beautiful, just such a force that you've raised there. So, but let's talk about that. So I know there for a little while, um, Mia was in the public school system and everybody's got their own path to walk right on what works and what doesn't, but she was in the public school system and some things started happening and she you was had, private school. Oh, private school. school. Oh, she's yeah. at private school and, and some things started happening and you made the decision to pull her out and homeschool her at her request. And where we are now is here she is. She's 16 years old and she's gone to college and she's doing, she's thriving from what I understand. You, you know, and, 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 and I see her, she's being so brave and so bold to get out there and be at college at 16. That's difficult because you're there with these adults, but she obviously has found something inside of her that she knows is there. And she knows that the solution to getting that out of her is to have this experience and go to college and learn from people. So talk to me about how did y'all get to that point? What, what happened while she was in private that caused you to decide to bring her out to homeschool? So I get diagnosed for breast cancer in 2017. Wow. And and that was the time that I was, uh, I, I think, the most successful in my career. Just, uh, you know, three bestseller books in the Hispanic community. I was 47, number one in the list, you know, for my book, The Gordita Mamacita. And, and, and having all this success, making all this money, getting so many awards. And boom, this has happened. Me and I uh, had something that we shared very dearly. And uh, since she was little, we started seven years ago. We're doing these missions uh, to different countries where we go in places where our kids in extreme poverty and we bring them like shoes, clothing, toys, and food for Christmas. So we got this opportunity to go to Nicaragua and for build three homes and go to this orphanage. They had a 600 kids. They live wow. in the middle to the dumpster in, in wow. Nicaragua. And we got the opportunity to go there. And when we got to Nicaragua, uh, we don't know there is a vaccine called yellow fever. We, we had no clue. I was just coming from Colombia to do a huge fitness event. So we just switched luggage in Miami. We go into Nicaragua and they don't let us in in the country. And they actually took you like, uh, you know, when they put, they, they arresting you because we got in a flight so late. So they can't send us back to Miami in the same flight. We have to wait to the next day. And she was so little. So they arresting us. And they bring us, they put us like we were criminals in an airplane, bring us to Miami. And in the middle of the flight, when we we're like landing in Miami, I got a text message that say I have cancer. I had a text message for the doctor. He say, you need to come see me. And when the doctor, it was my friend. When the doctor is your friend, say, you need to come see me. You know, something is wrong. So here we come, this news that I have cancer. And she's right next to me. 
We share something special. We're going to share something special. And everything goes so wrong. And she's, you know, uh, have all this emotion. And then this happened to me. And it comes in a very wrong time. So Mia is in a private school. And I don't know how your private schools are, but private schools here in Florida are pretty tough. We think it's only the public schools. No, the private schools are worse. It's a lot of bullying going on. It's a lot of stuff going on. And she goes into this private school, which has a lot of rich kids. that They have no parents, no values, because everybody's busy working, you know, doing their stuff. They don't pay attention to their kids. And through the process, because I'm a very famous person, well, like people know, and I always participate in her school, like doing discussion, teaching the kids, you know, share a little bit of what we do. So these kids follow me in the internet. So they start knowing about all this going on in my life. Because I, I am a very public person here in Miami and in the media, in Spanish, they always, and at those times, they always, it was news or I'm, I'm doing shows or I'm doing this. So all these news come, oh, the most healthy women in the planet, the one that do the green juices, look at her, she has cancer. They start making fun of her. They start bullying her with something that is, I mean, that's so uh, awful. You know, uh-huh. just it's horrible. like it's no, it's not just in a scare. You have cancer, yeah, and, and, and you are validated for helping others to be healthy, yeah, to lose weight. And, and when this happened, this is gone for like two years. I remember we uh, joined Rosso and and start going to you know all these courses and events and and we have the opportunity to bring her to an event with Russell, which was for kids. And she goes and see all those kids in the stage and she was so inspired for them. Plus, she was dealing with all this bullying and all this stuff. And, and the school decided to put her in therapy without telling us wow. anything. And she is like in these conflicts with these psychologists. They have the school telling her things, asking things like, are you ever think about taking your life away? So she's going to this conflict when she goes to this event. I think it calls Unleash uh, the Secrets. Yeah, Unlock the Secrets. Yeah, Unlock the Secrets. Yeah. And she heard these guys that she follow actually herself in the internet. So she, when we come for that conference, she said me and Jeff and say, guys, I'm sorry, but I don't want to go back to school. I want to be an entrepreneur and this school is wasting my time. I want to have more hours in my own to do things. And Jeff and I is like, because Jeff comes with a very conservative family, you know. This is like, and I'm, to be to be, I don't care. I, I like more, I, I, my girls know that they always come to me because I always like, you know, I like always ahead of time and but relax. And like, I always see in a problem and a solution. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool, you know. She can use that time, but Jeff's like. So we're like, okay, but what is the real reason? And, and she's like, no, I just want to dedicate more time, blah, blah, blah. And in those times, I was uh, hanging out with Elena Cardon. Huh? And we were doing jujitsu together, and they were like pulling their kids out of the school too. So I'm like, Elena, I don't know what to do. My daughter is telling me. And she's like, oh, my God, Ingrid, do it. But look, I sent my kids to this homeschooling system. Uh, I'm going to connect with the owner, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in this conflict and she's in, she's like in the middle school. And so, you know, and, and so I like, Jeff, I think we listened to her and we need to do it. And thank God, because we're pulling her right before the pandemic starts. So, so she goes to that process and, and, and she showed to us, we're like, okay, we take you out of school, but you need to promise to us one, 
You have to be disciplined. You have to do your classes together. You have to do tutoring. We don't have time to do, you know, because other parents, when they decide to like homeschooling their kids, they're like, they're like slaves to the kids. Oh, I got to be the teacher. I got to do, to no, we're like, this is the deal. And if you don't do well, you're going back to school. So this girl, since she copied everything we do, she's like, I know what I have to do. And I'm going to do it. And I say, and you have to exercise with me. And you have to commit, totally commit. Wow. Years after, I find out all these details that I told you. The kids making fun of her, bullying her because of her videos. She want to be in a speaker. She want to be a motivator. Start putting videos, bullying her, this therapist. Try to get it. Mm. Sometimes as a parent, things happen in our own yard. And we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to, this is why our job is continue to dig in into our kids, not in what in life, you know, this is why we have to continue bringing them to events, you know, to places that they feel safe and they realize, okay, it's my time, I can talk. So Mia went to this homeschooling. She graduated in two and a half years. Wow. Finished just this year, graduated for high school honors wow i we pay for tutoring for like two months in the beginning for math and after that she was completely capable to get out every day because she did this homeschooling that they actually have a tutor three hours every morning so they can help them with so she was able to do everything in her own we were never worried about whole world's project nothing she was on time doing her stuff and into the in, in the pandemic, she developed her. Well, she was always had that dream because I remember we have a video with her playing this purple guitar when she's like three or four years old, singing her first song. She composed the purple guitar. It's in her Instagram. So um, she developed this thing for music. She wanted to be a producer, a musician. And, and we were like, because we are entrepreneurs. In the beginning, she said she wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, but we're like, look, you realize in the music industry, you have to know about business. So we continue bringing her to Fono Hackings. Uh, I remember in the pandemic, she did the three days that you guys, did, the, the Fono Hacking did. Uh, it was sitting down. She did the three days. She was so committed to doing all that stuff. And we start sending her to uh, Tony Robbins because they have this Jew thing for people, for kids. So she started going to all these events and apply to this amazing boutique school. It's here in Miami. It's actually the Beatles, the school for the Beatles uh, on in, in England. And they pick several producers to give them the privilege to be part of them. And, and these schools are very boutique, are really hard programs. Not anyone gets into those programs. And for audition, you have to like already songwriting for songs, produce it yourself, put it in video, and they give you these questions that you have to answer yourself and do it. And wow. she did all the stuff because she was already producing her songs with Garage Band. She was wow. already writing. So she she goes into this school, apply, not sure that they want to take her or no, and she gets into the program, which they only take 11 students a year. And when she started this journey, discovered it, uh, because she just started school three weeks ago, and discovered that she's the only 16 years old, she's wow. the, and everybody is older. Most of these kids... The other 10 people are already went to the program in Berkeley, which is the biggest university for music. Yep. And they go back there because they knew that's the way to go. The program is one year, is very intense, and, and discovered that she has to confront, because in the beginning she said, Mom, I never have the time to, to really process that I graduated, that I... <laughs> going to college. So it's been a roller coaster for her this three weeks. Oh, yeah. But wow. I mean, as long as it's serving her, that is an incredible journey. And it sounds like she is cut from the same cloth you are. You know, she's, you've given her the gift of not seeing any boundaries. Like 
if you can graduate from high school early and go after your dream, like why not? Right? Like why not? Why can't we do that? You know, I think that is so incredibly powerful. And I've seen that Mia, you know, like I said, whenever I met her, I was so impressed with her because she was very confident and emotionally, just like a really emotionally intelligent young lady. And to know that she was dealing with all of that on top of it just really kind of blows my mind that she shows up in the world the way she does. So good job, mama. That's amazing. Especially (laughs) with all the ups and the downs and the different things. And and you're over there making your dream come true, you know, and and still um, having time for her to come and exercise with you in the morning. So what does that look like? Like whenever she was at home and, you know, exercising with you in the mornings, do you guys like, would you actually, like, is it together? Are you guys exercising separately? Like, what does that look like? No, it's our bonding time. So we've been having different, like, you know, seasons in our life with the, with the exercise. So uh, at first we start doing CrossFit. We join the CrossFit together, you know, that's like a stream. So we're like, yeah, motivate each other. And then when I start having problems with my art, because, you know, I'm 1050 this year. It was our big, big you, don't look, you don't look at it at all. <laughs> and cross, CrossFit, you know, it's amazing. I love CrossFit, but woo, it, you can get hurt quick. Yes. So, and then we're like, realize, okay, this is not for us. So we, and then we join another uh, gene and we start doing Pilates together. We love it, you know, or oh, our classes together. But this year, it was a year that we are celebrating big things her and I. She was celebrating her 16th birthday in her graduation. And I celebrated my 50th birthday. So we're like, okay, so we need to get in shape. So let's do it together. Actually, we planning so many things together uh, and I think this is where the bonding comes. We not only exercise together, we celebrate our big birthdays. We went to Europe. Wow. That was our dream. We wanted to go to Paris. We want to go to England. We're going to go to Italy. So we did that together. My husband and I decided to get the decision to solve our mansion. Uh, we say we don't need this big house. We want to live closest to our school. So we moved to another city close to Mia. So we need to join another gym. So for us, this time is not that much about the classes. It's about working out together. And she finds the routines. She finds the, she kills me now. Because <laughs> <laughs> now that she starts college, it's difficult for her because this is where other discipline comes. It's been a roller coaster for her, right? It's been hard for her to start this school. In the first week, she was crying, very emotional. So this is when parents have to come to the rescue and say, no panic here. Don't worry. Find the tutoring. People, they already know. They already did it. Because that's how entrepreneurs, we learn that in our mind. Especially when we're very successful, we know. is we don't know something, we got to find a coach. Yes. Because that coach can bring the tools that I need. Oh, they can open my eyes and help me. So we find this uh, guy, but the guy is in South Africa. So the only times he has available, it was 5 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. in the morning. So she's getting out at 5 a.m. in the morning to do these tutorings with him, to go to school, to have a really long days. And then, you know, come and do all the homeworks and all that stuff. So this is what I'm saying when your kids are copying you because she saw in me when I was doing the dietitian program that I was getting out at 5 a.m. in the morning, sometimes at 4 to a story, to go to school because I did a program like her, very, very intensive. So to a story to one, then come to work and then go back to 6 p.m., hire somebody to teach me the same five hours because English is my second language. But she see like when I want something and I go get it. And this is what I'm trying to plan on her. You know, I already told her, I'm probably not going to leave you any money when I die because I want my money to go through our foundation to continue building homes in South America for those kids, schools. You know, we had something really beautiful. I told you in the beginning that we do together to continue that legacy but I, what I planting in her is that the, the we don't give up in this family that we are the makers and that we go to the extra Maya to, to the end and, 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 and it's not working the end 
we know at least that we did whatever it takes to go there. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what, what she's doing now. And every morning before she goes to school, I do incantations with her. I do, I am the boys. I, you know, all these things that I learned for Tony Robbins. So even if she's crying in a crisis, okay, go to the bathroom. Did you have a mirror in front of you? Yes, I do. Okay, you say this, believe this. Can you believe it? Can you see it? Close your eyes. This is a, a role as a parent, you know, and not it's not always perfect. Because now everything can crumble, but you can you you know that God already gives you everything you have in your power, and you can put things together and do it and, and reveal our kids. Because that that's our obligation. Is that what it has? Is you ask me what you what can you fix, Ingrid, in the past with your older daughters, older daughter? I will ask God for a second chance to build her the way. I have the opportunity to build Mia because Mia is a girl that has discipline, that she is respectful, that she is generous. Her heart has a lot of abundance, that she listens, that she follows advice. Paula, it was a girl that, that, that sometimes I feel guilty because she grew with so much like chaos, maybe I feel guilty they don't give her love that she deserved because my mom never treated me with love. My mom never hugged me or kissed me or, or, or showed me that she loved me. And, and I showed that to the first years of her life. So try to fix that now that she's an adult. It's hard. But, but you know, as a woman of God, I continue asking God for help me to fix those things, to be better. And I try to do as much as I can with her, but she's not living with me anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just take the opportunity to continue doing it with Mia and continue doing it with all those children that I'm able to help every year. It's 2,500 children that I wow. do every year. They they go, they bring love, they, they work. You don't understand, Stephanie. I go about and beyond to ask people with money. I, I put aside the chain of, of the bad. I, I do what God put me to do because I wanted to, you know, take all this, this learning that I have with my children and show them what's, what's possible and show those kids, they are my kids now because, you know, we build like a school lunches that they run all year around providing food to them. I want them that they know that God loves them, that I don't forget about them. And in my vision, and for my kids, they are part and involved to this mission is that they're going to have the opportunity to teach their own kids the same journey. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is so incredible. That's so, so, so incredible. The thing that uh, I think is resounding for me and that I, I love that your your vulnerability too, because as parents, we all have those things. It's like, man, if I could just go back and if I could change this one thing, I feel like it could have equated to something different for my kid and, and our connection. And so it's always so good to be able to learn from other people and and to take action, you know? But but big picture, I want to ask you this kind of tough question, Ingrid, uh, and I'm put, putting you on the spot just a little bit because it's, I think it's a really big question, but if you want to take a minute, you can, but uh, what does it mean to you, Ingrid, to be a good mother? I don't have to think about that because I know it, it, it means that first you pass your values, you spend time in your values, evaluate what you learn for your family. And put it in, in once I, I believe that you have to always compare because we don't live in the same times. You know, education is different. Feelings are different. And when you marry somebody, it's not just your values. It's your husband and, I, and you putting the values together and take the best of that to pass into that. Uh, to me, be a good mother is always pass them the good values. Always be there for them. Listen to them, and even when you don't listen, go back to them and ask for forgiveness if you miss something. And don't apologize for what you believe, 
that you think is going to do great to them. You know, like with Paula. I'm not apologizing the same her away because it was good for her. Loving them unconditionally, no matter what, is, is they go to college, they don't go to college. Let them be whatever they want to be. But you are being there for them, to pushing them that whatever they decide they want to be, they can always do with excellence. That's it. Pushing them to do whatever they want. Not judging them for what they pick in their lives. You know, is they, they, they find a man, a boyfriend that they want to marry. Respect their decisions. But just supporting them and know if they fail, they can always back out and they can always come back to mom. Because mom always had the answer. I always had the answer for everything, you know, uh, personally, physically, business. And I always like my, my older daughter, mom, I need this. Oh, no problem. I have this content. Oh, well, let's do this way. Oh, let's put this way. You know, so to me, a be a good mom is you have to be this. I compare being a mom with this tool, this box of tools, you know, where they can come and pick something and fix something, or they can put it back, and, and you know, and they know they have it, so they know how to do things. So, and, and the first thing is, and I feel like my biggest value is always tell them that God is first, no matter what. God is first, and He's always there for them, even if the time comes for me, they go with the Lord. They know I always gonna be with them through the through God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so good, Ingrid. I really appreciate you sharing those takeaways because I think it's so true that if we don't recognize and 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 kind of be able to deduce down what does it mean for us to be a good mother and and like have those actionable things. Especially, I love that you have this mindset of like, I have the answer. Like, whatever my kids need, I have the answer. They can come to me. I, I'm adopting that mindset from you, Ingrid. Um, and and sometimes I have to weigh out like, is this a time where I'm supposed to tell them what to do, or am I supposed to ask questions? Because there's that coaching aspect versus that like, Mama, here's what you need to do. And I struggle with that a lot because I'm like, oh, well, here's the answer. You need to da 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 da, or it's this or that, and. It's it's sometimes it can be so hard, but I love that mindset so much, uh, Ingrid. And this has been so awesome. And I want to be respectful of our time. I know we're definitely coming up on an hour, and um, you are just so incredible. And I value your time and all of the wisdom that you have shared in your journey, and um, that you just continue to inspire so many people with your journey. And and now, I mean, I'm just going to be I'm rooting for Mia so much because she obviously is is like her mama. You know, she's out there doing it. She's making her dreams come true. And so um, I just want to encourage you guys, if you're listening to this, I want you to go follow Ingrid. She is just a powerhouse. We will definitely have some links in the show notes of this podcast episode. So you can go follow Ingrid and just see her incredible journey. I mean, this woman has overcome so much in her life and is continuing to build and pour and make an impact in the world. And uh, Ingrid, I just can't say thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Are there any last words that you want to leave everybody with? Yes. Um, and thank you for having me, Steffi. It's been an honor for believing me <laughs> in my English. <laughs> but I want to tell all those moms or those parents that they are listening to us, that if we don't coach our kids, somebody else will do, and maybe they will coach them in the room stop. So I have the answer. Yes. If I don't have the answer, I figured it out because that's what God sent me to do. He He sent all of us women, you know, to have the power and the knowledge so we can make a better homes. So don't let anybody decide for your kids or don't send your kids to find answers with the strangers because you have the answer. And I believe if we dedicate more time to make them stronger and to empower them every day and and telling them that they're going to fail, but they can't get out and do well, I believe we're going to have the future leaders. We're going to have... Many, many, many great things in the world. It's just 
us as a parents take the time to be with them, to teach them, to coach them, and to hug them when they need it. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Ingrid. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. And guys, go check out Ingrid. And thank you so much for listening to The Powerful Parenting Journey. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on The Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.